Welcome to the Danish National Biobank podcast. We've been gone for quite a while due to the coronavirus pandemic. We return now, however, to give you this special series. With speaks from our co-hosted symposium, Scaling Omics Approaches to Population Size. This is Christian Wiem from Norwegian University of Science and Technology. On the topic biobanking and precision medicine. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being um, invited to present. Uh, at this conference, at this PhD course. Uh, I must say you have an excellent group of speakers. Uh, I'm not counting myself then. Um, I might even add uh, that I, I, I was, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm employed by the Staten Serum Institute as well. And been working at Staten Serum Institute since 2010, uh, uh, helping out to set up the uh, National Biobank facility. So today's uh, topic, my presentation will focus on biobanks and precision medicine. But I think we've heard a lot about that already today. But I might give you a slightly different perspective. Or uh, as we say, there are many ways to Rome. I don't know if we will ever reach Rome. I think UK Biobank have gotten there <laughs> uh, for sure. But um, uh, I'll focus more on the uh, sort of Norwegian perspective as well. This is from a, um, a paper in Nature in 2016 uh, by et al. And it focused on what they called imprecision medicine. And um, as we probably know from clinical practice, same treatment does not have the same effect on different patients with the same disease. So a systematic approach to identify the right treatment for the right patient at the right time is the only option. Uh, apologies for the spelling errors in, in the slide. Numbers needed to treat to have a successful effect in one patient varies from 3 to 24. And I think this is quite amazing. So for, um, for uh, statin... Uh, lowering uh, drugs, and for statins for cholesterol-lowering drugs, uh, you need a substantial number of patients to have successful treatment for one. On the other hand, you can experience a number of side effects, and there are also um, significant, significant costs involved. So we need to do this better. How can biobanks play a central role at the cutting edge of precision medicine? Well, some of the more necessary prerequisites are um, to have a comprehensive population cohort with state-of-the-art biobank, well-annotated high-quality biological samples, personal identifiers for registered linkage and access to registries for collection of clinical outcome. Um, as uh, Naomi Allen mentioned, it helps a lot to have a prospective longitudinal 
a longitudinal design with the, the ability to do repeated measures. You must uh, implement uh, the FAIR principles to be an attractive uh, research resource, meaning your data must be findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable. Uh, you must... Um, uh, your, your aim must be to set up a sustainable cost recovery model and make your biobank attractive to the wider research community and the industry. So in Norway, we have since 2010 been working within a national biobank infrastructure, uh, has been funded by the Norwegian Research Council by close to a quarter of a million Norwegian kroner over these 10 years. And it involves um, uh, all the regional health trusts, uh, all the major Norwegian university with uh, universities with medical faculties, uh, which are also um, um, uh, operators of large population-based uh, uh, studies. It includes the National Institute of Public Health and the Cancer Registry of Norway. We have also been part of this European Biobank Network, BBMRI ERIC, uh, since 2013 as an observer state and as a full member since 2016. Uh, this is a quite messy slide, but uh, um, as I understand, you'll have the presentation uh, later and can uh, read it more carefully. But I'm, I'm trying to illustrate how we can set up an integrated national model for precision medicine based on population studies and clinical application. So in the left-hand panel, we listed the major population studies in Norway and their contributions um, related to uh, uh, genotype data. So in total, we have uh, approximately 400,000 um, participants that have been genotyped. This is, these are constant-based studies, uh, all population-based. Um, and apart, and in addition to uh, genetic data, uh, we have produced um, uh, an increasing number of other omics data, proteomics, metabolomics, as well as uh, health data self-reported and measured. Uh, Based on funding from the Research Council, uh, we are not working on a national population genomics archive that could be accessible for all researchers. Uh, we will provide data, if we can find a good solution for that, to a national health analysis platform, um, which I suppose could, to some extent, be comparable, comparable to the Danish uh, uh, Forskemaschine which will hold register data from all uh, uh, national registries, uh, clinical data from uh, electronic health records, and also hopefully population-based uh, data. The uh, whole idea by setting up this is to give a researcher one portal for access. Uh, and. Um, there is a uh, already established portal called healthdata.no uh, uh, or health data service uh, that you can uh, already find on the web. Then in the um, right-hand panel, I've listed some of the 
clinical features are the improved diagnostics opportunities uh, based on clinical translation uh, of data provided by population studies. So some of the clinical tools will, of course, be clinical biobanks, ICD codes, uh, pharmacogenetic studies, randomized control trials based on recruitment from population studies, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, and improved risk prediction, established effective timelines for studies of genetic risk and exposure prior to disease, um, look at disease progression, uh, longitudinal data, repeated measures, trajectories, network analysis. You have some excellent um, environments in Copenhagen uh, handling this, uh, headed by certain uh, Brunak. And then uh, we can obviously also improve uh, diagnostic criteria. This has been done, for instance, uh, uh, related to diabetes based on population studies. And there are a number of other stakeholders, uh, industrial collaborations, and also public-private partnerships. So the Precision Medicine Initiative that we are now launching in uh, Biobank Norway is then to establish a national forum for personalized medicine with all um, stakeholders, coordinate activities and funding on new large-scale genotyping, sequencing, and omics initiatives, including public-private partnerships, identify and establish relevant use cases for personalized medicine within different uh, uh, traits or phenotypes, uh, based on selected use cases, test the integration of large-scale health and molecular data from population biobanks and population studies with phenotypic information and relevant biomarkers from clinical biobanks and national registry data on the health analysis platform. Establish solutions for data integration and develop standard operating procedures to ensure that use of similar models for other disease categories uh, and, and phenotypes um, will be in place and collaborate closely with uh, uh, LC expertise to address uh, GDPR-related challenges, uh, which are not trivial. So uh, since 2002, I'm being um, in charge of the Hunt uh, Biobank, uh, based on the Hunt study. And in this slide, you can, uh, um, I just, uh, I will present the schematic setup of how the Hunt study has been conducted and, and, and the um, structure of the biobank. So the Hunt study is a population-based study in the county of Trendelag in central Norway. It was initiated in the mid-80s, has been repeated now four times, mid-90s, 2006 to 2008, and the latest 2017 to 2019. So I listed a number of participants and attendance rate in this slide. And you can also see there's a substantial overlap between studies. And up until now, there are 20,000 participants that have been through all four uh, studies. In HUNT-1, we did not collect bio biological material, but since 1995, we have genotyped all participants um, available with, with, with available biosamples. And as you know uh, from other Nordic countries, um, we have some excellent uh, uh, 
registries. Could be regional, national, where we can retrieve clinical endpoints outcomes uh, by linking uh, uh, data from these prospective uh, screening uh, events till incident disease outcomes uh, uh, later in life. Hunt Biobank uh, have now 100,000 donors. We have DNA from from 100,000. We have uh, serum, plasma, urine, RNA, vital frozen cells from uh, uh, a number of uh, participants. We also established a national DNA biobank collecting uh, a vial of DNA from all major population studies in, in Norway. In Hunt 4, we also collected saliva fecal samples and not only fecal samples from from the participants, but also from uh, their um, uh, pets or, or dogs uh, in a project called One Health. That's a significant scientific output uh, based on the HUNT study. Now, these are some simple uh, or straightforward presentation of phenotypic data. It's not an overview of uh, uh, COVID-19 um, cases in Norway. It's the development of obesity from HUNT 1 to HUNT 3. And I can promise you it's even worse in HUNT 4, where about um, a quarter of the population now are obese or with the BMI above 30. Similar data for both uh, genders. To have a more systematic approach uh, to um, genetic epidemiology, we have, as I mentioned, genotyped 90,000 hunt participants using a uh, uh, chip array, um, the human core exome, with uh, 604,000 uh, genetic markers, including 60,000 custom SNPs based on sequencing um, of a couple of thousand of our participants. This has been imputed uh, in a traditional way. And we have also involved now more than 60 clinical sub-studies to do more in-depth um, analysis of uh, how uh, genetic variation affects various phenotypes. This includes more than 150 collaborating uh, clinical uh, researchers. There are, of course, challenging ethics with these with uh, several variants, such as familiar hypercultural media or BRCA mutations. And we have also um, studies ongoing on systematically um, return of results to selected uh, participants in collaboration with departments of medical genetics. And uh, this is only possible if we have upfront asked the participants if they want this sort of feedback. So in Hunt 4, we asked participants if they want feedback of results, if the genetic information obtained by resulting potential treatment or preventive measures, 93% said yes. Uh, and we followed up with asking if they were willing to participate in follow-up studies based on genetic findings with no clear clinical impact, but of course of, of great research interest. And almost 90% um, also consented to that. So now we've been doing uh, GWAS analysis on, uh, I think, 
currently up to uh, 2,000 binary or quantitative uh, traits um, based on our um, genotype data uh, and uh, ICD codes and also around seven to 10,000 unique uh, variables uh, collected from the HUNT study itself. In parallel, uh, we run a so-called FIVAS analysis where we select uh, uh, different SNPs and run them against a number of different phenotypes. So this is just an example of the relationship between an APOE variant um, linked to both Alzheimer's disease, blood lipids, and dyslipidemia is probably not very surprising, but uh, if we do this systematically, we, we might come up with uh, uh, genetic variants that affect uh, traits that's not um, immediate. So we have discovered uh, rare variants. One example here is uh, a variant um, representing a protective gene against myocardial infarction. Uh, however, this TM6SF2 uh, gene also shown an increased risk of fatty liver disease and an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. So it was not likely to be the best drug target. But I know there are a number of publications uh, on this gene um, uh, in the recent years. We're part of a larger uh, collaboration uh, with the Broad Institute, uh, with DECODE and others, um, identifying protective genes against type 2 diabetes. And lately we have a study uh, conducted a study on atrial fibrillation, collecting 60,000 cases and almost a million controls. Um, with the first author here is Jonas Bill Nielsen, an excellent clinician and researcher uh, in, in Copenhagen. And where we identified uh, uh, genetic variants that had a problem uh, prim primary effect on the, the probably the, the main effect was on the development of the fetal heart and not on um, not on um, uh, conductivity of the heart. So now we're looking at the clinical consequences of this finding and whether that might alter anticoagulation strategies, uh, which we want to test out in randomized clinical trials recruiting from well-described population studies. As Naomi um, uh, pointed out or showed you earlier today, they have had a fantastic um, collection of data. And I think this is how, how the biobanks now are developing, uh, trying to convert uh, biospecimens into large-scale data sets. Uh, we're trying to get there as well. So we've done some interesting work on, uh, within proteomics using the SOMA scan from SOMOLOGIC. Um, to, to uh, predict risk for secondary cardiovascular events, which was uh, actually very precise based on only nine proteins. And now working on uh, metabolites based on this um, uh, Nightingale uh, platform, and also now negotiating with the Metabolon to use their uh, panels. To Just a yes. short notice that uh, you have uh, four more minutes and um, uh, we hope to then be able to, uh, to analyze um, 75,000 participants that have attended to three different uh, surveys. I established a cloud solution 
I asked Naomi about this, how they've solved this, and it's not easy. Um, so this is one way of trying to organize our data uh, within uh, um, uh, GDPR uh, regulations. There is also a precision medicine heart study. Uh, it's um, coordinated by Henning Bundgur at the uh, Rieshospital in uh, Kjøbenhavn. Henning Gurum is also part of this. Where we are um, looking at uh, the opportunity to develop an ischemic heart disease algorithm uh, to uh, to be able to tailor the uh, treatment uh, more precisely. Then I said I would show you a few slides on the Nordic Society of Human Genetic and Precision Medicine. Um, I don't have to go through these slides, but they will be in my presentation. And that's what um, was mentioned earlier today um, by, by um, Mark Daly. So here you have some contact uh, details. Uh, you have names of the legal working group and um, reference to a uh, publication from Nature Genetics last year uh, describing a rollback for precision medicine initiative in the Nordic region. So that's about all I want to say. Thank you very much. Thank you, Professor.